Ah, oh, for Christ's sake, Anakin. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of For Christ's Sake, Anakin. I'm your host, Matthew Neugebauer, coming to you live to air on this March 27th, 2018 from Overcast, probably pretty cold, I've been outside yet today, Overcast, pretty cold, tr suburban Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, today is the Tuesday in Holy Week, and so uh, I'll get into what this podcast, this episode is all about in a minute. Um, just first of all, it's March 27th, the Last Jedi Blu-ray is available, I'm going to be going uh, later today to go pick it up. It's in a mall, I'm going to see Black Panther again in 3D. If you haven't seen Black Panther, you should go see Black Panther. Uh, I'm also looking for, I've heard a lot of uh, the documentary, The Director and the Jedi, about Ryan Johnson and The Last Jedi, and uh, a lot of people, have, or at least... Certainly, some people at least have, have said it's a really excellent look at the making of The Last Jedi and from Ryan Johnson's specific point of view. Um, looking forward to that. Another little bit of news, uh, Forces of Destiny. Uh, if you remember, the it was the, these animated shorts designed for kids, um, usually featuring female characters, but not always the case. The So the latest uh, round of them came out. And, and they're better than the, the first one. The first ones were fun. I thought they were great. These ones, uh, yeah, go add add even more layers to canon. Uh, I won't. Just, just in the three-minute shorts that they have. I won't spoil anything. All I'll say is Ahsoka knows. She's known all along. Um, <laughs> I'll let you watch that. I'll actually provide a link to some of the, or to, to that one in particular, or no, I'll provide a link to the first, uh, video on, they're on YouTube, they're available for free on Disney's YouTube channel, uh, go check them out, you know, don't stick your nose up them, they're for kids, Star Wars is meant for kids, watch it, have fun, um, yeah, that's all I'll say about that, is there any other news, nothing comes to mind, uh, gearing up to Solo, we're, yeah, we're two months away from Solo, which is which is fine. We're a month away from Infinity War, which I'm also excited about. I'm probably more, frankly, excited about Infinity War than Solo, but not that I'm not excited about Solo. I do like, again, uh, everything we've heard so far from in-person Jonas Suotamu. Um, he, you know, he, he's excited by it. Lawrence Kasdan's script, Ron Howard... Um, Alden Ehrenreich, those people, but of course, Donald Glover is going to steal it. We already know that. Amelia Clark, she's she's hopefully going to do well. <laughs> Amelia Clark, she, uh, I mean, she's great in Game of Thrones, obviously. <laughs> um, she's, I think, carried that show through some rough patches. So she has the steel and the edge when she plays someone with steel and edge. Um, her, some other characters, I, I've only seen, uh, that one about uh, euthanasia, I forget what it's called. It's not very memorable. <laughs> um, and so, uh, hopefully, that her and Alden Ehrenreich are the big question marks for me. Um, just because, yeah, in, in that movie, I forget what it's called. She basically plays this manic pixie dream girl who's all very smiley and cheery and not, uh, not too, I don't know, 
not realistic. <laughs> I mean, that's part of the flaw of the character, but I think her performance was over the top, shall we say. Which is a very different character from Daenerys Targaryen. Daenerys Targaryen, again, is... She has steel and she has edge. She has a mission. She knows she's going to reconquer Westeros. Um, and Amelia Clark just embodies that character so well. Um, we Kira looks like she's going to be a bit more of a scoundrel. Um, kind of a, a, a street rat just like Han was. Um, who knows? <laughs> it, well, that's a kind of a new angle on on her on Amelia Clark's repertoire I guess so she might turn out great in that I think again I think there's a bit of a rougher character there which I think Amelia Clark may be able to sink her teeth into a little better so we'll see those are just some stray thoughts on Solo coming out um but it being Holy Week uh in, in Holy Week Christian's walk with Christ to the cross. So we we follow his journey from Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, to uh, the Last Supper on Monday Thursday, to the suffering in the garden, to his his trial, mock trial, false trial. Well, it's not a mock trial. It was a real trial, but it was a sham trial. It was a setup. His mocking beating and crucifixion and death and so it's the last week of lent and thought we'd i thought i'd of course the the last of the four last things to discuss is death and the belief of christians is with the crucifixion the power of death comes to an end the power of death to to take life the power of death to 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 not just to take not to take life but to uh steal meaning away from life instead with the crucifixion resurrection especially with the crucifixion death becomes the servant of life with the resurrection especially death then becomes the servant of new life so i thought i'd go back to my notes um from a podcast, the second podcast I did, June marked on June twenty seventh. It's kind of near the the feast of Saint John the Baptist, where it says he must increase and I must decrease. And there's some interesting temporal parallels with the the height of the sun and then the the small the smallness of the sun, so the winter solstice, summer solstice, and the winter solstice. And now we're coming up to the, we're we've passed the spring equinox, which is why Easter is coming up. Um, and so why we're, we're doing this now. And so, um, but I thought I'd go back to my notes about something that's at the heart of this podcast, not something, the, the, the central point about how I see the relationship between Star Wars and Christianity is in the person of Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, and in that story being what I call an icon, especially Darth Vader being an icon of the crucifixion. And <laughs> I'll get there in a second. But um, to say that Vader's fall to the dark side and then his subsequent 
return of the Jedi to the light. Uh, there are resonances there that I find profound. And so, yeah, it, it is a, a difficult parallel. A lot of people I talk to, they say, oh, it, uh, oh, I don't see this. This is weird. This doesn't make sense. He's a villain. <laughs> you know, he, uh, uh, what was I going to say? I just started reading Words of the Sith for the first time. And he's clearly out to kill rebels, out to kill the good guys. Um, even though you get into his head a little bit, uh, swing of coffee time, good old coffee. He's clearly at the emperor's heel and at least in this stage and, and then later on, even if he's, uh, doing the Sith thing where he's trying to turn Luke and, and have Luke join him as his apprentice and take on the emperor, he's still doing the Sith dark side thing, right? <clears throat> of course, that plan backfires on Vader. He, he finds himself having compassion for his son. And, and, and as we know, and I'll, and I'll get to what happens there in the end. Um, so, yeah, I recognize it, it's a difficult parallel. Not not everything. In, in, I'm not saying everything in Anakin Vader's story fits. It's... You know, there's certainly some things that just clearly don't. Uh, in episode two, his rage against the the uh, the Sam people, um, the yeah, the the villain, right? The 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 passion and anger and and pain, using that to drive more hate. That's clearly not what we see in in the person of Jesus Christ. Um, but there are these profound connections that uh, I like to explore. And I actually, frankly, here's the thing is in recent days, recent weeks, thinking about this a little more, I find the parallel strengthened. And, and the, I know that this is maybe surprising, but um, on Clutter Jedi Council, which I've started watching, watching again, um, someone asked this great question. What about... We've we've heard so much about the prophecy of the chosen one. What about the prophet himself? What, who who was this guy? What was he doing? What was he thinking? And that got me thinking. What about the prophecies of the Messiah of a, a Davidic heir, and, and how they relate to what Christians believe about who the Messiah actually is? And uh, and it got me remembering. Okay, you know. Amos, especially Jeremiah, uh, Isaiah, you know, these guys, Elijah. Yeah, they took on very weighty, dignified responsibilities, but most of them are just average Joe Schmoes who, I mean, Amos especially is a great example, or he, he's, uh, I forget, I forget what job he is, a carpenter, I don't know what he is. That's the point. I, I could look it up, but I don't know. I didn't get to looking it up. He, a bricklayer, I don't remember. He He's just some random guy who God says, you're going to tell the people that they're living in sin and uh, doomed to exile. Um, and and that, that's the funny thing is, so, so first of all, just some random Joe Schmo, uh, you know, Samuel is... 
Uh, I mean, he, he grows up in the temple. He's the the son of a woman who, a miracle child of a barren woman. I mean, yeah, he grows up in the temple. He gets called at an early age, but I think the impression is that he's just this, this normal guy who, you know, I, I mean, the, the authors of, of Second Samuel and Kings, we don't fully know. We don't know who those guys are. They're compiling these things in the exile. And, and, and my point there is, both prophecies of uh, a train coming. If you can hear that. <laughs> Both prophecies of the Davidic Messiah, prophecies of exile, prophecies saying, "Wise up, you dum dums, stop sinning." Um, those are all in the context responses to particular situations. Um, the the hope of a of, of an heir, David's heir. Yeah, maybe we believe that God actually said these things to David. There's no way of necessarily proving that, but we have them in the text as a way of saying, "Oh, there is no no one on David's throne, right?" And if, especially in, in the exile and the remnants uh, in in Babylon, the remnants in Jerusalem. There's no one on David's throne. We're languishing in poverty. We're, we're you know, it, it's kind of turning into this chaotic uh, every everyone for himself. Um, clearly, there there isn't uh, a kingdom of justice and peace going on because we sinned. We tried to be too much like the world and play their game, and uh, you know we need the triumphant return of of David. And so we recall. The promise to have David's heir on his throne forever. That gets picked up later into a more cosmic dimension about the end of time. An anointed one will uh, will be God's agent to restore hope and, and light. Will restore restore Israel to global prominence, if you will. Um, and there will be a reign of. Of uh, this eternal reign of peace and harmony and order, just order, just harmony. Um, so that's great. That's all well and good. And we we, with, when it comes to Star Wars, we don't actually know in the canon. We haven't been given anything. Uh, the, the prophecy, of the chosen one. Um, but here's the thing: is Christians claim that the prophecy of the anointed Messiah, the anointed son of David, was, uh, you know, came to be in a way that people did not expect. I mean, nobody expected, uh, I mean, people thought that, again, it would be this military conquest or supernatural angels coming down and, and wiping out the Romans. No, none of that happened, right? We, what we see is that the Messiah embodies also embodies this other strain in the prophetic literature about the suffering servant. And now the suffering servant was interpreted as being Israel being beset by the nations and taken off into exile. And, uh, you know, again, the, the, the poverty we see in Jerusalem. And that gets embodied in the Christian imagination by uh, the Messiah suffering and bleeding on the cross. And it's not 
that that other interpretation is wrong. It's just that the true faithful one embodies the people and the Messiah embodies the people and embodies also the sacrifices and offerings of the people. And so uh, the reason, so we, the thing, we, we don't make this claim. I'm not making a claim that the, this will of the force one again, <laughs> not making this claim. It's the will of the force that caused the fall of Anakin. It is the story we got. We do make this claim that the crucifixion is God's will. God's will, of course, being present in the actions of the Son, Jesus Christ. Because it also takes up the, the suffering servant and takes on that suffering on himself. Takes on the temple sacrifices and the offering taken up. But again, it wasn't what people expected. They thought these were separate strains of, of prophecy. Um course there's no i don't we don't know anything about these prophecies in star wars we, we don't know if there was a similar prophecy about a great fall to the dark side i think that would be probably i don't I hope I hope we don't actually see much of any of this um the kind of detail we have about the old testament prophets i hope we don't know oh, it'd be interesting at least to see the circumstances of this chosen of, of this this schmo who has this prophecy responding to contemporary circumstances but we don't know, I don't know if there would be anything about a fall of the dark side. It would be nice, actually, if it were understood as distinct. Um, but because my my whole roundabout point in saying that is, that's the funny thing, is people's response, oh, how is Vader an icon of Christ? To say, how is Vader the chosen one? Um and again, that's still debated, but I'm, I'm just, the point of this podcast is running and looking at how might Vader be the chosen one. Um, and, and it's kind of funny because that is that was people's reaction. How is this shamed, crucified savior supposed to be the Messiah here? Shamed, crucified, sorry, political criminal supposed to be, be the Messiah, Obi-Wan. You, <laughs> uh, you're, you're supposed to bring balance to the force. You left in darkness. So that, that to me strengthens it. Specifically the circumstances of what happens. And this is what I went into a few months ago. Uh, a little bit more of a coffee break. So Anakin at the end of episode three. I mean, he feels despised and rejected. He, uh, I mean, he has the possibility of saving Padme, who's about to die. And he's told by Yoda, you got to let go of who you love. Uh, he He's led to believe that there are ways to save her, but the Jedi won't share them. Because, according to Palpatine, <coughs> they're... Uh, th th it doesn't fit with their elitist quote-unquote narrow dogmatic orthodoxy now again I, i've obviously we can't see palpatine as a reliable person here but getting to anakin's mind um, there is this uh, this parallel here that i've discussed before with uh, or, or at least hinted at before with the way the Jedi acted, where they 
were very protective of their codes and their rules and as a way of holding on to power and as a way of maintaining their influence in society their hold over people that sounds very much like the way jesus talks about the pharisees right and, and jesus is a pharisee anakin was a jedi right i mean part of their it's from within i could could unpack the whole jesus is a pharisee in another point but uh that, that's for another discussion the point being the very people who promised him home and family uh, are and and meaning and well-being and connection are are cutting it off because of their their strict dogma and with Jesus it isn't just that they may be cut off home and family from him but they saw he saw the way they treated widows and orphans and the sick and, and, and stuck them in corners and uh, said, oh, you're unpure, you're unclean. Uh, this is what the law says, and we're going to expand on that to keep people out and just to keep ourselves safe. Um, you know, the, the Pharisees, the temple scribes, they are supposed to be the guardians of peace and justice in Israel, and they're not doing that right there and the sadducees are also supposed to be guardians of peace and justice and they're in bed with the temple i'm right? sorry in bed with the romans right? so embedded in this easy relationship that we see it's a lot like uh with the jedi and the republic and so along comes i mean qui-gon already questioned it and he saw anakin as the chosen one. here comes Anakin, he's he's asking questions, and uh, from his point of view, at least he sees, in some sense, it's true. He does see through the lies of the Jedi. Um, you know, again, this is this closer work. Qui Gon is is a great parallel to John the Baptist and what Jesus says, in that he's actually trying to call people to true repentance and faith. But what's clearer? is that and we see this in the last jedi is that there are structures and systems themselves that actually have to end because a new thing is about to come and the new is supposed to come um, so he's he's despised and isolated he's rejected a major part of that is i mean is ahsoka's story and that's the funny thing ahsoka went from this People, fans didn't care for her and didn't, well, they, they, they thought she was so annoying. She turns out her leaving the Jedi Order and her, the trial that I referenced, at least in the, the artwork to last week's episode. Her trial, her fault being falsely accused, just to save face. The fact that the Jedi have submitted to, their, in their discipline, to a Republic court and submitted to... Republic justice um, shows to Anakin at least first of all the the moral failure of the Jedi and the chaos of the Republic and and so again I don't want to say Vader's solution is <laughs> the right one here but um, again it's 
the the example of corruption and uh, the depth of corruption and working against that corruption get you taken out and and, and you know that's the, the funny thing is you know, we we look at Vader and we see him as this great villain but I mean the, the true villain of, of Star Wars as, as I talked about a few weeks ago isn't Vader Vader is just bound in chains in this suit the true villain is Palpatine right is he's the one who's pulled all the strings he's the one who's trying to enforce order and quote unquote peace through dumb totalitarian rule through uh, this this bland conformance uniformity allegiance to him alone and not to the the good will of the force to to balance allegiance to death and this is to me maybe the, the great parallel here is Anakin Vader is this victim he right we see again he's the enforcer but on some level he's also the great victim to the system that will crush all opposition victim of system that crushes all individual personal agency like some hell as empire right uh, a victim to you know, well all that crushes all personal agency except for one and that's palpatine's anakin invader invader submits to to the system is crushed by the system and in so doing he becomes to embody the sin of the galaxy and and this is this is the one be the most difficult one but i think to me it's one of the clearest is that the way vader is the chosen one is because he becomes sin for us he becomes the the true you know ecce homo behold the man behold the human behold how disgusting and ugly we are we see it up front this monster machine just like we see christ bleeding dying on a cross as this is how ugly we are <laughs> and how ugly the world is and how ugly the galaxy is um you know and it's that revelation we begin to see oh i mean that as much as anything prompts yoda and obi-wan well i guess ben kenobi at this point yoda and dagobah to say oh we we failed massively you know in, in my 900 years of life there's one failure that stands out among the rest and uh we see in the last jedi so beautifully part of the reason he failed is because he refused to pass on failure he refused to pass on weakness and, tr and teach weakness as strength because the jedi just didn't accept that and so with vader they're confronted with their weakness confronted with their failure um, so he embodies the sin and suffering of the galaxy in a way i mean it's, it's an icon um, 
a reflection, right? But of course, the story doesn't end there, and that's <laughs> the saga doesn't end there. It even doesn't end with Return of the Jedi, but I'll get there in a second. The original trilogy in the saga we had before, before the sequel trilogy is it ends with and it can really be at the right place at the right time um, it ends with uh, you know, vader thinking he's bringing luke <laughs> to join him and take on the emperor or if not then just turn luke or, or who knows again what he doesn't expect is new life to rush into him Vader does not expect new life to burst forth. Um, and, it, and it happens to be at the right place at the right time. And I do think this is the will of the Force here at work. Is the resurrection of Anakin Skywalker occurs at the right moment where he can pick up Darth Sidious and throw him over and... and kill Darth Vader at the same time. Um, the most poignant few moments that I remember growing up of, of the entire Star Wars saga were the brilliant shot of when Palpatine is, is electrocuting Luke and, and Luke's writhing in pain it cuts to Vader silently. We hear the breathing, but we don't see him doing, thinking anything. Back to Luke. Back to Vader. Back to Luke. Back to Vader. We can even see behind the mask that Anakin has returned. Uh, the comics and some other media have gone into that there's the struggle in the first few years of 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 the Empire and of Vader being Vader um, that he has visions of fighting Anakin, dueling Anakin on Mustafar and of actually killing him and saying he's done Anakin Skywalker was young and naive and I killed him which, you know, Obi-Wan saying from a certain point of view it, it is true <laughs> in a way, right? It's not lying he's not lying there, he's just being poetic with the with the facts, um, but in those that moment in Return of the Jedi, we see, we see him cut. We see without any exposition. We see without any explanation uh, the compassion emerge for his son. We see him come back. We see him pick up the Emperor, throw him over. We see the return of the Jedi Anakin Skywalker at the right place at the right time. And that, you know, reading this after seeing The Last Jedi, we see this very clear sense that uh, in this moment, the death of, you know, the, the fall of, of, the dark, of Anakin to the dark side we see all these things happen. We, again, it, we don't want to claim, I'm not claiming that 
it was kind of the will of the force or anything but at the moment death finally ends its own being for its own sake death is no longer for its own sake it exists at the service of life of new life and so vader throws palpatine over risks his own death basically he spent there are theories that palpatine was keeping him alive who knows they don't go into precisely why anakin dies <coughs> um, but what we see we do see the mask well help me do it. you'll die it's too late for that he'll die anyway but we see his face and uh, we see we see that i mean we, we we fully finally see you were right and this connection restored uh, tell your sister you, you were right um it's because luke was there that Anakin re returns and has hope for the future and is able to ensure a more peaceful future. Now, here's the thing we don't know, uh, we don't know what happens after the sequel trilogy. We, we know that in, in historical quote historical terms, the, uh, the peace is short lived. It's only a few decades till the first, first order comes back. Um, but what we also see in The Last Jedi is, and I, I think I looked at this at the, the kind of The Last Jedi and the prequel trilogy, we see that with Anakin Skywalker Darth Vader, there is a wiping away of the old so that new life can flourish. And we don't know what how that will play out, if we'll see any of that playing out in the in the drama in the saga but the uh the possibilities are there you know the, but we we see uh or we, we can see at least with ray for example she's standing up and she and she's not burdened by <laughs> the weight of jedi institutions she is burdened by the weight of carrying on the beliefs and hopes of the Jedi, the wisdom of the Jedi. She's burdened with that bag of books in a good way. But she's also free to move forward and step forward, right? The corruption of the Republic is gone as far as, well, it's still around, right? In Canto Bight and the First Order. But she isn't laden with it, is the point. And she isn't, you know, she's free to step out and rebuild and seek you even into the unknown regions and go out into all the earth and whatnot um we again we don't know what the cosmic impact of this is we could say uh you know the, the, there was this the great death that brought new life and that that's where i'm hopefully going with this this if the the sequel trilogy ends with uh, with, with this great restoration of some sort we don't know it looks dire now but we'll see uh, 
so yeah it, yeah it's it's <laughs> a difficult parallel to make it's, it's but there are these resonances that I like to tease out um hopefully that sit well with you uh, this holy week you know holy week isn't simply about the cross it's also about the resurrection um, you know the prequel trilogy it finds its meaning to some degree in in those last moments in return of the jedi uh, i would argue that the original trilogy finds its meaning in a lot of what we see in the prequel trilogy uh, they're all interconnected um, but this prophecy of the chosen one you know it, <laughs> it doesn't come the way we expect but it's faithful to to play out and uh, you know and, and and that's i mean that's how i see that's how i read star wars uh, at its heart at its core it's about hope it's about new life and even if we see death uh, it's about seeing in death the service of new life and that to me is at the heart of what anakin vader's story is so this has been episode 25 of for christ's sake anakin it was a a bit of a different rehash of episode two <laughs> for christ's sake anakin you can go back and listen to that uh, if you if you like this episode, if you hated this episode, <laughs> let me know. Neug on Twitter, neug four eighty five. Give me a follow on Instagram at neug eleven thirty eight. May you have uh, a blessed Holy Week and Easter, and may the Force be with you always. Oh,